Welcome to the People and Performance Podcast, featuring guest experts from such global brands as NASA, Salesforce, the Milwaukee Bucks, Staples Professional, IBM, Mutual of America, Zero, and Simon Sinek Inc. The show offers expert insights into the strategic capabilities and behaviors needed to grow and sustain employee performance. This is Bill Bannum, People and Performance Podcast co-host and editor over at the HR Gazette. Chris Bjorling, president of Fidelo Inc. and fellow co-host, appreciate you tuning in to this episode. According to today's guest, nearly 90% of employees believe that increased belonging results in higher productivity. So in this episode, we ask, how can HR leaders improve the ways that their organizations help employees feel like they belong? Our guest this time is Dr. Jarek Conrad. At the time of this recording, he was Vice President Human Insights over at Ultimate Kronos Group. He's since moved to a new role as Executive Director at the Workforce Institute. Dr. Conrad is a sought-after speaker on many of the most important business leadership topics of today, such as employee health and wellness, new management models, emotional intelligence, and workplace DIMB. In 2021, Dr. Conrad was recognized as one of the world's top people practitioners in the annual HRD Global 100. And he's also the author of the best-selling books, The Fragile Mind, How It Has Produced and Unwittingly Perpetuates America's Tragic Disparities, and In Search of Humanity, Why We Fight, How to Stop, and the Role Business Must Play. I hope that you enjoyed this conversation that I had with Jarek Chris is away this week. And if you do, please remember to like, comment, and subscribe. Hey, Jarek, welcome to the show today. Bill, thank you so much. I'm, I'm delighted to be here. I'm, I'm looking forward to our conversation. So beyond my reintroduction there, why don't you start by taking a minute or two and introducing yourself to our listeners? Sure, sure. Uh, you know, let me start by saying, I mean, you know, HR has been my life now for, uh, for 20 plus years. I've been in and around HR. Um, but I, I guess what might be interesting for people listening to this is that you know, I have kind of this non-traditional background. While I did study HR formally, I have a master's uh, in industrial labor relations. I also have, you know, all these other things going on, you know, a master's in business, a doctorate in education. I, I started off as an undergraduate in engineering and did a lot of that before I switched to sociology. So, you know, I kind of have this interdisciplinary background. And while I didn't, you know, I didn't intend to build it that way, that's kind of the, the way it happened. I think it really informs, you know, how I practice HR and really how I make decisions. So, so maybe that'll be something that comes out in our discussion. Now then, in a recent post on LinkedIn, you shared the following. Nearly 90% of employees believe that increased belonging results in higher productivity. How can HR leaders then improve the ways that their organizations help employees feel like they belong? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, I shared that post um, uh, that was written and it, it you know, kind of caught my eye. Um, I, I think the research was sponsored by a company. I think it's IPSIS, IPSIS or IPSIS is the name of the company. But but it it, it, it really it caught my eye. Ninety percent. Uh, and when you think about it, OK, that makes sense. Right. It's, yeah. Yeah. If I belong, then I'm more productive. 
But I but I like for people to think about the opposite of belonging. You know, what is the opposite? That is, you know, isolation. That is, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of by myself. I'm not connected. I'm disconnected. And we know the psychological and the physiological issues that are associated with that. Um, so from an HR perspective, we have to make sure we build systems and structures uh, that keep people connected. Like it's part of the human condition. We need to be uh, connected. Uh, it, that includes technology like sentiment analysis and, you know, trying to understand what the emotions are of the people who work with us and for us uh, so that we can tap into who they are and, and try to meet them where they are and, and, and figure out some kind of interventions to make life work better for them. The People and Performance Podcast, supported by Fidelo Inc., is dedicated to offering tips and expert insights into the strategic capabilities and behaviors needed to establish, grow, and measure the performance of employees. If you enjoy the show, why not subscribe and give us five stars through your favorite podcast app? Excellent. Thank you very much. So commenting on a September 2022 article, see, I do do my homework, uh, by Stephen Miller called Employer, Employee Perceptions of Pay Equity, differ greatly. You say, here's the quote, new research sponsored by UKG and conducted by Harvard Business Review Analytics Services show that organizations are making progress when it comes to providing equal pay among women, men, and underrepresented groups in the workplace. Yet, employers and employees have vastly different perceptions on how that is being achieved and also differ on whether the CHRO, CEO, or another member of the ex executive team should lead the pay equity efforts. Tell me more about these findings. Yeah, this is a really interesting research. There were over 450 company executives, uh, over 3,000 employees at all levels. And, you know, there were some similarities. I mean, both the executives and the employees, over 70% said, you know, pay equity is important. Like it's a strategic priority. It should be on everybody's radar screen. We ought to be focused on that. Um, but uh, ironically, you know, people are not focused on it. I mean, employees say uh, less than half of employees say that their employers have achieved some kind of pay equity that's acceptable for them. And, you know, over, about a quarter of them say we're not doing anything at all. Like like this is we're completely unsuccessful in trying to make this happen in terms of the different perceptions. Um, you know, Bill, who do you think? Bill, who do you think uh, is responsible in the organization? Is it the, the CHRO? Is it the chief diversity officer, the CEO? Who would you say is uh, most responsible for ensuring pay equity in our organization? I'm going to quiz you now. <laughs> I think it depends on the organization. Ah, ah, it depends. That's always a good answer. That's always a safe answer. It <laughs> but it's interesting that um, employees and executives look at this differently. 47% uh, of executives feel like this is the CHRO's primary responsibility. Only 6%, 6% of employees say that it's the CHRO. 37% uh, feel like it's the CEO. And so employees want to see this as not an HR thing, but they want to know that the leadership at the very top is committed to this. And it may be HR's role in trying to, you know, Put, make sure we have processes in place to check on this to make sure it's happening. But they want to know that the CEO is committed to this. That's one of the probably the most stark contrast in the study. 
If you're enjoying this episode, why not subscribe and get the latest episodes delivered straight to you several times each week. For the latest articles and interviews related to what's new in the world of work, visit hrgazette.com. Hey, I'd love you now to tell me a bit about your your latest book, In Search of Humanity, Why We Fight, How to Stop, and the Role Business Must Play. Uh, Talk to us a bit about it and some of the hoped-for learning outcomes. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I talk, I've been talking now over the past several years that, you know, I think we're we're at a crossroads as a society, as a as a species, really. You know, human beings, we are from a technology standpoint, we have remarkable technological prowess. I mean, we're sending people out of space. You don't even have to be an astronaut to go out of space anymore. right? You know, we are we are. It's fascinating just how in some ways how smart we are. On the other hand, I mean, we have wars going on. We still have to deal with the isms and discrimination and hate and, you know, just really these old, you know, carryover kinds of uh, traits that we had way back on the African savannas. So I think we're at this crossroads. We, you know, we haven't progressed as a society from a behavioral standpoint as fast as we've been able to progress from a um, you know, a technology and an innovation standpoint. So we got to start that out. And so In Search of Humanity really is thinking about that, let's reframe, you know, what the, what it means to be human. You know, organizations say, hey, we're trying to create more human organizations. Well, tribalism and, you know, hate, and I, those are all human traits. <laughs> so um, so I, I get it that we're trying to move toward more empathy and all that, but we got to recognize the entire human experience and how is it that that we end up uh, in a place where we hate each other uh, just because we're different in some way. So the book just really explores that aspect of what it means to be human. What is it going to take for us to, to change, um, uh, particularly in the United States, while we're embroiled in what I think is already a civil war of sorts? Um, you know, it's uncomfortable. It's an uncomfortable discussion for many, but I think race is still at the center uh, of this great divide that we have uh, in this country. And we're going to have to use some neuroscience, some psychology, sociology, some science uh, to to understand this and to move beyond it. And I think businesses have a, a significant role. It can't just be left to the government. Uh, I think that organizations have a broader role uh, from a societal standpoint, um, some orga- some organizations have benefited from the divisiveness. So, um, so my it's a really a challenge for businesses to step up and a little bit of a roadmap of how they can do that. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, I can't believe this. We're coming towards the end of the interview already. Before we do wrap up for today, how can our listeners uh, get a copy of your book? How can they uh, connect with you? And how can they learn more about all the things happening over at UKG? Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. So I, let me say, first of all, I, you know, I, the conversation is going by fast. I appreciate, um, again, you having me on here and uh, having me think and reflect on these things. Uh, the book, you know, wherever you buy your books, uh, you can get it. Uh, you know, Amazon, you can go to um, uh, run a search for uh, In Search of Humanity. Um, um, you go to LinkedIn, connect with me on LinkedIn. I publish frequent, you know, articles and interviews and webcast uh, on LinkedIn. So, so I'm not, I'm not hard to find. Perfect. Well, that just leaves me to say for today, Dr. Conrad, thank you very much for being my guest on this episode.
Thank you so much, Bill. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the People and Performance Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please remember to like, comment, and subscribe.